Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is John Smyvert. John is an Australian who invested 38 years as a successful sales leader in four U.S. and Japanese IT corporations. Since 2004, he's assisted startups and small B2B selling organizations to transform the way they sell. John is passionate about enhancing professionalism in sales. To that end, he founded Sales Leader Forums and Sales Masterminds, APAC. He's co-author a sales novel uh, that is out uh, as of this recording called The Wentworth Prospect about a small business attempting to sell to a large corporation. Thanks so much for joining me today, John. Oh, I'm absolutely delighted, Diane. This is, uh, you know, I've been listening to your podcast for a long time and really uh, delighted to be on as your guest. Well, I am delighted to have you on as my guest. Sales is one of my favorite subjects. So I am curious and would love it if you would uh, share with the listeners what you your definition of selling is, please. <laughs> uh, this, this is a really interesting uh, subject that I've had with a lot of people and a lot of debates and so on, but I like to keep it really simple. Uh, to me, selling is helping other people achieve their outcomes. Um, it, it's, it's all about helping and giving, but managing reciprocity in the same time. Uh, and, and if we've got the, our intent is all about helping uh, our customers achieve their outcomes um, and, and managing our reciprocity, we're both going to have a win-win. And that's what it's all about. It's, it's us helping others and achieving outcomes together. Yeah, I think that is so great. I, I really like that. So we're going to be spending most of our time talking about, um, how, about small businesses selling to large organizations. And so I'm curious about what you see as some of the challenges that small businesses are having with that. Let me, um, let me talk about some of the issues that I, I, I've been doing a lot of business, particularly with startups, uh, but small business general, generally as well. Okay. Uh, the biggest challenge, particularly with startups is, is most startups develop a, a brilliant mousetrap, a brilliant product uh, or, or service or whatever it is. Uh, and with their, their, the passion of the founders and, and the, the people around them, they are able to sell that to a, a handful of organizations. Uh, then they have to scale to grow and suddenly they hit a ceiling. Mm. And when you look at why they hit that ceiling, it, 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 it's primarily because they don't know how to sell because they're out trying to you know, sell their product, 
push their product and mm. talk about their product. They're passionate about their product. And customers do not want to know about products we've got to offer. They do not want to know. Uh, and, and that's the simple truth of the matter. Yeah. So the, the biggest lesson that we've all got to get through is we have to learn how to get to understand our prospective customer and the challenges and situations they've got, the, 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 uh, the implications they've got of all the problems they've got without even thinking about our product. And we be, have to be able to consultatively uh, take them through a thinking journey to a new way of thinking. And once they, uh, they realize there's another way of addressing their business that will give them better outcomes, then we can talk about how we might help them achieve that. That's when we start introducing our product. We get it, most people, uh, small organizations who, who have no experience in selling, get it the wrong way around. They start talking about their product up front. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I'm totally with you on this. Okay. So maybe it'll help the listeners if they understand how large organizations buy. So will you share some of that? Like, how do they identify a need? How do they make decisions? What does that look like? Well, I'm going to be general here um, yeah, because sure. being specific means uh, you know, every organization is different. Yeah. But most organizations, uh, we talk about the fact that they do have a, a typical buying processes. They, you know, particularly if they're buying the same thing all the time or similar things all the time, uh, they'll go through a process um, uh, and, and, and we need to understand what those processes are. They can vary from organization to organization, but essentially uh, they will, they'll be running business as usual and, and identify an issue or a problem. So their status quo is upset. Then they'll start looking into what that problem is, is all about, what the root cause of that problem is. Then they'll look at uh, ways in which we can overcome that problem. Uh, and then at some stage, they'll decide they probably need to buy a product or service and they'll start calling in suppliers. And, and more often than not, if you've called in as a supplier, the buyer's been going through that journey for a long, long time. Uh, the other thing about big organizations, you're not talking about one person. In most cases, you're talking about you know, seven, eight, sometimes you know, 10, 15 people that are involved in the buying decision. Uh, and uh, we need to understand what that means and how we, to us, and, and how we need to, uh, to uh, collaborate, to, uh, to have all the right conversations. Uh, and we're not going to get to everybody. So how do we handle the people we don't get to and how do we help them go through that buying journey? So, so selling to large organizations is very much, it's got to be a, a strategic thinking. You've got to do your, what I call your people mapping and understand all the people. Everybody's different in that organization. Uh, and, you know, the biggest, as, as most people know, particularly in large organizations, the biggest problem we've all got in, in sales is no decisions. Uh, in, in a lot of um, research I've seen, no decisions is 50% of the time. So uh, our biggest competitor is a no decision. Yeah. Uh, and we've got to think about what that means. Is there a way we can help an organization make a decision? Uh, but if we don't think we can, and there's a high risk of no decision, then let's not waste our time. We've got to make that decision very early in the process. So what do we learn from that? We've got to get in very early. We've got to be talking to them about their business and about their challenges, not about our product. 
and we have to understand what their buying process or journey is and we have to work out how we can help them through that journey uh, and not try and force our processes on them but adapt our processes to help them in their journey okay when it comes to um, the no decision are there common reasons why that happens or well, there's, is a it really varied? there's a number of common reasons one is uh, just you, you cannot get agreement across the buying uh, unit um, yeah the, um, you might have seven or eight people that are involved in making the decision from different business units. And if you're selling a solution that crosses over business units uh, and my background in IT and software and so on is it, mm -hmm. in most cases you are, and this is very much a point solution, but in most cases you, you, you're going to have multiple business units involved in the decision. They've got all, all got their own, if you like, their own agendas, their own objectives, the different outcomes they're all trying to achieve. And getting them together to make a common decision is, is often very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's a lot of things we need to think about here. But the main thing is we have to understand all those people and what their, their agendas are, what, what's driving them, the outcomes they're looking for. And we, But more importantly, we need to understand who those people are and who the movers and shakers are. Now, I, uh, as part of the book, we, we've uh, released a, an archetype uh, model where we have six archetypes three of them are people uh, that will make decisions and and and, uh, and assist people in making decisions within the group and three are the supporters um, of that or, or or whatever so um i'm getting into some detail here but i think it's important we, we need <laughs> to find the champion. yeah we need to find the champion and we need to get the champion on our side uh, and, the, uh, and let me let me read. It, anybody that buys a book will get the, all these archetypes. But but let me read uh, the archetype on the champion. The champion is the most powerful of the the change agents. So there's three types of change agents: uh, champion, inquisitor, inquisitor, and sage. Um, so they're the most powerful, uh, and they can drive consensus. So they're the person you have to find in the organization. They're the ones that will, will get a project up and going and, and drive the, the project or an outcome. Um, so if you find that champion and you, and the, you show the champion how you can assist them to achieve an outcome mm -hmm. and then support them in getting the, the, the decision-making unit to all agree to that outcome, you have a much better chance of success. I see. Okay, whether you're a seasoned designer or a total novice, with Visme, you can create engaging, dynamic, branded content that makes people ask, how did you do that? Visit tinyurl.com slash seasevisme to explore. If you're a small business owner or salesperson who struggles with getting the sales results you're looking for, grab a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon and wherever books are sold. And if you haven't seen all audible.com has to offer, you don't know what you're missing. Sign up for a free trial at audibletrial.com slash business growth. Now, um, I'm curious about 
some of the models that have been talked about over the past couple of years um, when it comes to selling, like we have the challenger sell, disruptive selling, insight selling. Do those make sense to you? Like, do you think small businesses should adopt any of these models? Let me answer that by just going back a little bit and talking about what our customers really value. Uh, and, and as salespeople, we need to understand that they value people that can help them think through their problems and help them think about how they'll solve those problems. So as a salesperson, in my mind, if you are not taking the customer through a thinking journey to a, a new way of thinking that is valuable for them, where they say, you know, they get that, aha, so we could address the problem and get these outcomes that would be highly valuable. That aha moment. We as salespeople have to have the ability to have those conversations to take the customer to that aha moment. Uh, where they, they just see great value in a new way of thinking. So is that challenging? Is that disruptive? Is that bringing insight to the table? It's all of the above. Yeah. But sometimes these words are confronting. Uh, so, mm -hmm. you know, I, I use, occasionally use the word um, disruptive. You, know, you need to disrupt the customer's thinking. Uh, and most salespeople are like, oh, well, no, 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 you can't do that in sales. People, you know, you're not disrupting the, the, the customer. Well, let's, let's put the word disrupt aside and just say we need to change the customer's thinking or help the customer rethink what they're doing. That's being disruptive. And the reality is all customers like to have their thinking changed if it takes them to a new way of thinking that's highly valuable. To me, that's disrupting their thinking. That's challenging their thinking. Mm -hmm. That's, that's yeah, bringing lots of insight to the table that will help them think, bring their, uh, bring their thinking to a new realization of what's possible. That's to me is what selling's all about. Okay, so this feels to me like, if I'm hearing you correctly, what I'm hearing is that yes, we should be engaging in conversations with our prospect that challenges their current thinking, that disrupts the way they've been thinking about what they do, that, that offers insight, but not necessarily zeroing in on any one of those tactics that may not, you know, that, that may follow a path that is more scripted. I, Diane, I hate scripts. I hate yeah. scripts. Yeah. The minute you start having scripted, even scripted thinking, but scripts in the way you ask questions to customers and so on, uh, you, you, you suddenly use that, lose that ability to be in the moment with yeah. the customer. Yeah. Um, so no, you get, get scripting out of our minds. I, I, um, I, I teach a model that I think is really good. And it comes out of the, um, the world of innovation. Uh, uh, and it's a, it's a two-stage model that goes through four steps um, for how we have the conversation with the customer. But the first thing I want to say is through all these stages and the early process of the sale, through what we call whatever it's called, discovery, whatever we want to call it, mm -hmm. we do not, we should not discuss our product. Yeah. Or, or even a company to some extent. 
the, the, the conversation is all about the customer and the conversation yeah. is us leading with questions. So if I look at the two stages that I think people should go in, your first stage is, is understanding what currently is. So lots of questions about what currently is. And, and you know, first mm. lot of questions have got the what is questions. And the, and the second lot of questions is what caused is if we understand what caused what is, Mm. then we really get to understand the customer and the current situation and the implications and so on. And once we do understand fully what currently is, then we need to look at what might be. And that, again, is asking questions. It's not telling the customer. So, you know, the, the why and why not type questions and what if type questions uh, will help the customer think through. Now, we can bring insight through those questions. You know, simple things like, you know, I, I was working with another customer who had a similar problem uh, and they tried this and this and this and they got a good outcome. How do you think that might apply in your organisation? So you're bringing insight to the table, but you're not telling them what they should do. You're yeah, helping okay. them think it through themselves. Yeah. So, so that's discovery. And, and that can take, when you're selling to a large organisation, you could have three months of discovery meetings um, before you ever get to the stage where you start talking about your own product. I a lot of ride-alongs with salespeople and um, when we, we, we try to get them through this, um, it, it is difficult to go through a change of, in the way you sell if you've previously been selling product and focusing on your product. And so we take them through a change process and then we have a change process that goes over eight months, which change an organization's thinking and the, the way they sell and the intent and so on. So then I go do some write-ons with them where I sit and monitor what they're doing in a sales call. And so often you get a customer saying, oh, yeah, we have a problem. This is the problem. And then they describe a problem. And the salesperson sitting there thinking, our product addresses that 100%. <laughs> and, you know, that's the, the, the one thing you cannot do is say, hey, let me tell you how our product addresses that. Uh, when you haven't finished discovery and taking them on that thinking journey to a new way of thinking, as soon as you do that, you're the salesperson, the customer will sit back and say, okay, I'll tell you what, I'll call you when we're ready to make a decision. Mm. I'll call you when I'm, we're ready to start looking at a product because right. now you're a product salesperson. You're not helping us solve our problem and think through the solution yeah. to that problem. Right. And so you totally lost the conversation it's over it's over you're a salesperson you've got a product to flog and, and your focus is on yourself and your product not on me the customer it is a hard um shift for us for salespeople who have been trained to particularly, particularly for founders of small business and, mm -hmm. and startups who who maybe haven't had a lot of sales experience but they get so caught up in their wonderful product and and i'm in, in most cases, the product is outstanding. Some great startups out there with sure. some brilliant products and services. But you don't go to customer and start talking about your product or service. Mm -hmm. You start talking to the customer about the challenges they've got in one specific area that you might be able to address. And the conversation, uh, particularly if you're selling to a large business and it's a complex solution, then you're probably going through a number of meetings where you're doing discovery and none of those meetings are about your product. Tough, you, it? It's really, it is tough. I, I, I am so on board with you. I firmly believe in everything that you're saying. 
And I am aware that it is very difficult. One of the things that I hear from salespeople is that they have quotas to meet and they are being told by their sales manager to do things in the old way, you know, the, the way that doesn't work, right? So uh, yes. <laughs> do you have any? I have a, I have a, <laughs> I have a, I have a friend, Tony Hughes, you may, you may know or know of. Yeah, uh, Tony, Tony's a, a great thinker in the world of sales. Uh, and, and he keeps saying that the, um, the weakest chain and the, the weakest link in the revenue chain uh, sales management. Yeah. Uh, and, and if you haven't got the right sales culture in an organization, you get a lot of that sales behavior where it's all push, push and the whips out and you've got to go make more calls. And, uh, and the reality is it, it doesn't happen that way and shouldn't mm-hmm. happen that way. It's, it's, um, in the book, we've it, it, the book's not just a study on how to sell to large business, also a study in sales management. Uh, so it's some really interesting characters. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to claim this book's going to be a real page turner for anybody that likes a novel. Um, and I don't take credit for that. There, there was three of us writing the book, and one of them is an absolute great novelist. So he he helped mm-hmm. and, and wrote a lot of a lot of the book. Um, but but the the book is a study in sales management as much as a study in how to sell to large business, uh, and in the in the case of the book, we've got a character who is very much that sort of character that you just defined, Diane, and pushing you know, yeah. more calls. You know why haven't you got a result here yet? You know, a whole host of behaviour, and and if if the salespeople. Uh, respond to that they're going to go and behave that way in front of the customer they're going to be asking the customer uh, the wrong questions they're going to be saying the wrong things they're going to be talking about their product when before they're ready to talk about their product and so on so um, sales management is absolutely key to driving the cultural change that's necessary to become uh, a top performing sales organization yeah yeah, I totally agree with that. It, it really is a challenge. And of course, in small business, the sales manager is more often not the CEO or the founder or whatever. Sure. So, um, and of course, they've probably been successful in selling the product before they started hiring salespeople. Um, so Maybe. it's, yeah, it, it, that they have to, they have to understand that their behavior is going to negatively influence salespeople if they behave that way. It, it is absolutely true. All right. So I don't know that we're going to solve that one, but can we talk about the word value in the context of the sales process? Certainly. Very, very important subject. Okay. So how, so what is it in, in context to a sales process and how does it relate to the customer? It's a very good question, Diane. The word value, uh, in a lot of sales organizations, again, we think about ourselves and we think about what is the value of our solution to a customer? And I'm going to say that's the wrong way to think. Mm. If we really go back to what I was talking about before, where we do a proper discovery, we take the customer on a thinking journey, and then we ask the customer, if you were able to make that change in your organization, what value would it derive for you yeah it's a customer's value 
Yeah. And it's a customer's value that's derived from a change that they make that ultimately we might be able to help them achieve through our product or service. But anybody else could too. Yeah. You know, I'll talk about differentiation in a mm-hmm. moment. But the, it's a customer's value. And when we use the word value proposition and all sorts of other buzzwords we use in sales, we've got to get our mind around the fact that it's not our value proposition. It's the customer's value proposition. It's what the customer is proposing to do to achieve value for them that they can put dollar figures on or whatever it is they measure value. So it's, it's really important, again, to get ourselves in the, the shoes of the customer and get have all the conversations about value from their point of view. Uh, I have a, a, a friend that expresses this very well. He said, sales is like a game of poker. You, the customer must put the value on the table before you ever do. They have to understand and own the value. It's not your value, it's their value, and you're mm-hmm. going to help them achieve it. But they need to express it. I, I'm so thrilled to hear that. One of the things that, <clears throat> that I tell small business owners is that I believe there's two questions that you should be asking when you're doing your discovery. The first one is, how will solving this problem, you know, what will be the impact? How will it help you? How will it help your organization? You know, what, what is that result going to look like? And then, and let them talk about it yep. because you'll learn a lot, but they will also be feeling that that result but then the second question is what will the impact be on your organization if you don't make a decision yep so very very good question we're talking about that you know no decision thing get them yep. talking about what th- th- that's a value proposition as well and and, and diane it's the, all that before you ever talk about your own product yeah Right. Because now that now they understand the value, they've got it clearly in mind. You've helped them go through a thinking journey to a new way of thinking. They, they can express the value. Yeah. They, yes, they can identify um, what happens if they don't achieve that. Uh, and now you have a very clear vision of value in the mind of the customer. Now it's getting close to the time where you can say, all right, let's talk about how we might be able to help you achieve that right. vision. Right. Uh, and and the value is high. Your your proposed price is going to be fairly meaningless compared to the value they've, they've exactly. identified. Right. That is exactly. I'm so with that. I completely. So <laughs> you mentioned differentiation and I would love it if you would talk about that because I'm, I get a little frustrated that so many small business owners, when you ask them what their differentiator is, they say, Good. We have great customer service. Yeah, we're we're all unique and different. Um, let me go back one spec. Get it. Stay away from product for for a second. Um, we as salespeople, whether you're the founder of a company, whether you're a sales manager or a salesperson that's been hired to sell in a company, we have unique promise of value. I mean, if, if, if we don't, we shouldn't be in sales. Yeah. Uh, and we need to understand what our unique promise of value is. And I'm not talking product here. I'm talking about us as a salesperson, yeah. our, our, the individual. And so mm-hmm. we, and once we understand that, and that'll, that'll come down to our domain knowledge, particularly in the customer's domain, it'll come down a whole host of different things. But we need to understand that what that is. And if we follow a, a method of 
conversations with clients, as I was talking about before, the doing that discovery with uh, what currently is and what might be, and then the value conversations, et cetera. We are bringing a lot of value to the customer. And the other thing we bring is all the insight we've got. They can never search on Google to get all that insight because we, we've been, been, as salespeople, we've been working with lots of customers. We've seen a lot of thick customers do unique and different things. We've got all this insight we can bring to the table, not by telling the customer, but by asking questions with the insight built into the questions. Uh, and so, first of all, we're bringing enormous value if we learn how to sell that way to the customer and, and, and the, you know, the relationships you build and the value that, so that they will value so, you so much. You'll be getting phone calls from them regularly saying, hey, we've just got found this problem in our business. Love to have you come and talk to us about it and let's see what we can think through. Um, that's the relationship you need with customers. You get that not by selling product, by, but bringing value through your domain knowledge and the way you question them and, and so on. So that's the first level uh, of differentiation you as a salesperson need to bring your and understand what your unique promise of value is and bring it to the table through all the conversations you have number one number two is a product or service has got to be unique if, if you're selling a product and service that's not unique you're going to end up you know, selling on price to people that buy on price and that's a downward spiral so you you really do have to understand what your product or service can uniquely drive for your customer what sort of unique values it is where it is differentiated now when you when you really understand that uh and and, and that's a matter of targeting too because it's going to be quite different from different target markets ah, right so you, if you identify your your best customers and, and why they value you the most, then mm -hmm. you will start understanding where you differentiate. Uh, and you can't tell a customer what your differentiations are. You're wasting your time. Again, it's through the way you ask questions and take them on a thinking journey to a new way of thinking. And if you're doing that, understanding the real value you can deliver uniquely as an organization to them, they will come to this vision that only you can deliver you've differentiated their thinking to a you know, new way of thinking. That's a great vision. Now you can deliver to that. And, and more often than not, nobody else can. That's fascinating. And I got to tell you, I, I love this. What you were saying about when you're, that you bring your insight that is from your experiences with your other, or, you know, with, with the clients that you have and the conversations that you've had in the past, that's really valuable to, to I think, for, for people to embrace that whole thing because that helps change the way they see the conversations that they're having. Exactly, Diane. You've got it in one there. It's, it's, as, as a good salesperson, you're a great consultant. And yeah. great consultants know how to ask the right sort of questions and have the right sort of conversation without telling a good consultant never tells a customer what they should be doing. Yeah. They help the customer think through to a point of, of, of differentiation or point of doing something differently in their business. Uh, they don't tell them what they have to do. They help the customer come to their own realization. Right. Right. Wow. That, that is, that is so great. So J John, I really appreciate this conversation. Will you, 
you, you've spoken some about the book, that it's a novel, um, <laughs> so, which, which I think is great. I think it, it's such a great way to learn sales lessons. But will you, if you would like, share a little bit more about the book, but then absolutely how people are going to be able to get it? Uh, well, they can get it any, any way they go. They buy their books, um, be it Amazon or any other uh, book outlet. <clears throat> so um, uh, yeah, the book will be in three versions. One's a printed version, uh, the ebook version, and the uh, uh, audio version, all being, they by, by the time this is published, it'll be all out. So 1st of September, it's being, they're being, becoming available. Um, we, we had a vision uh, and... <laughs> we decided you know there is a there are you know thousands and thousands of sales books out there and most are textbooks of some sort or, or another mm-hmm. um, and so again uh, this friend I mentioned before Tony Hughes had written a novel which is a great novel um, on sales called the Joshua Principle um, but I, I, I said to Tony I, I want to buy, write an even better novel and that was seven years ago now. And I got together with my friend Wayne Maloney and we um, started researching and putting this novel together. And we both found out over the next year or so, we're not novelists. Um, so it's been a long, long journey. Uh, but the reason we decided to write a novel is that most people enjoy reading a novel. And if we could write a novel that's a page turner, uh, then we'll get people really learning a lot from what some from something they really enjoy doing now not everybody enjoys reading a novel but you know for that yeah. uh, those sales people and sales leaders out there we felt this was the best way for, to learn and of course uh, getting jeff clulo in who is a novelist and and such mm. a wonderful novelist but also having a business background we were at the three of us were able to bring something to the table that i think is a, a great page turner um, but it's um it's a great learning learning book as well, uh, and it's all about how smaller organisations can sell to larger organisations, business to business, uh, effectively. Uh, whether they're successful in this book or not, you'll have to read the book to find out. But um, <laughs> it's been it was a tough journey. That, that we, we've um, got a young lady who's uh, who's uh, selling cybersecurity solutions, and she's very fairly new at sales. Uh, and she had a great uh, sales manager and mentor who very early in the book gets killed. Uh, so that's um, wow. that really uh, knocked her around a lot. Yeah. And she picked herself up and the, the, the rest of the book is about how she uh, went forward from that point. Wow. Uh, after finding a journal that he was writing. So hmm. It's a great story. Sounds yeah, like it. You'll love it. Yeah, um, yeah, no kidding. And then, how can people find you? Uh, I think the best is LinkedIn. If anybody wants uh, wants to get hold of me, just uh, jump onto LinkedIn and send me a, a request for connection or a note or whatever. Um, so, uh, uh, and the other two authors. Uh, oh, the other thing. Uh, there's a we've, we've set up a, a web page specifically for the book. Um, okay. The books. The book through a, a sales process called Advance, E-D-V-A-N-C-E. So, and there's mm-hmm. a website called advance.sale. Mm-hmm. So you can read about the book there and you can read about me and the other two authors. Um, so, uh, yeah. That's great. Well, that, that link will be in the show notes. So 
that'll be helpful. People will be able to get there. Well, thank you so much. I truly appreciate the conversation. I, I, you know, I can totally relate to your thought process on sales. So that always makes it fun. Uh, and um, I think the listeners are going to get a lot out of uh, the, the book, The Wentworth Prospect, right? The Wentworth was- Prospect, Diane. And, I, and um, I hope they get some value out of this podcast too. Uh, yeah. I must admit, I'm getting on in years now, 72, and I'm really looking to give back as much as I can. So anybody need help, just let me know. Oh, uh, that's so great. The book's part of that. It's it's uh, really putting the stake in the ground, saying this is a way we all should be selling. And I, yes. think I really hope the, uh, everybody gets a lot of value out of it. Me too. Well, I'm sure they will. And, and out of this episode, because you sure taught us a lot. I learned things that I hadn't thought about before. I had a couple aha moments. So I know the listeners will as well. So thank you very much. My pleasure. We should do this again. Yes, we should. Absolutely. Uh, Look forward to it, Diana. (laughs) Me too. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. out.